In today's episode, we talk with Jenny Bruner of Jenny Joe Photography, and I had the absolute best time picking her brain about so many topics. We ended up talking about everything from how to attract clients when you want to start traveling to new areas, all the way to styled shoots and how to get yourself published in magazines. And I am so excited to announce that she is one of two amazing guest experts that will be doing live trainings inside the Equine Photography Masterclass Next Level Coaching Program. She's going to teach you exactly how to set up epic styled shoots to elevate your brand and teach you how to get your own work published in magazines and online. Now, we ended up talking for almost three hours, so this episode is going to be part one of two, but you can sign up now through this Friday, August 19th, to become a member of the Equine Photography Masterclass Next Level Coaching Program, and you can learn directly from Jenny all her secrets on how to do amazing styled shoots and get yourself published in magazines. Enjoy the episode. Hey, I'm Cassidy Brooke, a full-time equine photographer with a passion for helping other photographers create the life of their dreams. When I abruptly quit my corporate job without any idea of what I was going to do, I suddenly found myself picking up a $400 camera, downloading a free app on my iPad, and taking photos of any horse I could get in front of my camera. That little hobby sparked a six-figure business, which allows me to live life on my terms. Now, I'm here to help you grow your photography business so that you can make your wildest dreams your reality. This is the Equine Photography Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Equine Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Cassidy, and today I am joined by Jenny Bruner of Jenny Joe Photography. Jenny, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Why don't you just kind of like briefly introduce yourself, talk a little bit about your business, and if there's anything that the people absolutely need to know about you. Yeah, so I'm an equine photographer in Washington State, although I travel basically the whole country uh, photographing horses and their girls. And I also love to add in kind of like a Western or like a fashion flair anytime I can into my photos. Um, Of course, that kind of depends on the clients and the types of shoots that we're doing. Um, But I actually started in fashion photography. So kind of like combining horses and fashion is my favorite thing to do. I did not know that until right now, but it all makes sense because your like your photos and your vibe, like it that all makes sense to me. And it's oh, yeah. an amazing combination. Like I love that collision of the two worlds. Yeah, it's the best. It's so much fun. And especially right now, because like horses in fashion are so hot right now. Like yeah. they're so popular. Oh my God, but can you take over for like all like Vogue and like the cover of Beyonce's album? Because like Did you see the, it was, I think it was one of the Kardashians or maybe it was like Kylie Jenner and like the horse's braids were awful and it had like this ratchet nylon halter that like didn't fit the horse. Like, like they should have hired you for sure. I know. And it's so hard because it's like, I get what they're trying to do. Like they're trying to make it. So the horse is just like a prop instead of like making it perfect and like adding like having the connection between the two because that's what we're used to yeah but at the same time it's like okay like at least like make it look a little nicer (laughs) but you didn't have to do the horse like that like it can be a problem but like at least make it look like so horse people are absolutely appalled at what you've done to that poor horse exactly (laughs) so how long have you been shooting professionally for like when did you make the transition from fashion to equine tell us a little bit about that yeah, so I got my my first camera for my birthday in 2016. And then in and that was like June for like the middle of the year. And then in the beginning of 2017, I think in January, I started my business, um which I know is like a really that's only 6 months. Dude, I love it. That was me too. Yeah, oh really? Yeah. Shoot. Okay. Okay. I so love I guess that. Yeah. It, I, I, I'm like, all about it. Okay. Well, that's good because I feel like that was such a short time period, but like looking back, but during like when it was all happening, I was like, dang, I feel like I've been taking pictures forever. <laughs> like I'm ready to make this 
business. Oh my gosh, uh, same. Like I charged for, I kind of hate to admit this, but I think like I had done like two or three free shoots and charged for like the fourth one. And I had no idea what I was doing. It was way too soon. I mean, I charged like a hundred dollars, but it was still way too soon, but it worked. Yeah. I don't know. I made it happen. Yeah. Same. And I, so I even started, I don't tell many people this because I, I don't like to like think about it, but I started doing IPS. Um, and I, I really overcharged in the beginning because like, following like all the ips like mastermind whatever all that stuff was all the education and courses and stuff they would tell you like oh like you can't charge um anything less than like 200 dollars for a digital and i mean my digitals weren't that good so right. I, I don't know people still pay for it and i think like the pictures are good memories for them but at the same time i'm like dang i kind of wish i didn't start that way but at the same time, kind of a good thing because I never like um, started out so cheap and then like had to build my way up because that's a kind of a hard thing to do too. Yeah, I th I've thought about the exact same thought process and it's so funny because I've never talked to anyone about this. Like, I feel like most people wait too long to charge and like make it a, you know, like their business. But when I look back at it, I'm like, I charged like $600 for a horse and rider shoot when I probably been shooting for like, I don't know, six or seven months. And I had no idea what I was doing. I'm pretty sure at this point I had my $400 camera and was editing on an iPad in like an, a free app called photo Fox. And I'm like, Whoa, why, why did somebody pay me for that? Like it was, it's kind of alarming to look back at it knowing what you know now. Right. Yeah, exactly. But I feel the same way. <laughs> and now like, I feel like, okay, I've admitted it. I've gotten it out there. Somebody else did the same thing. And like, we both survived and look, we both have thriving photography businesses. So it's not the worst thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Look at us now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Sorry. I got us off topic, but I've literally never talked to anybody about that. So I felt like I needed to like dive in deeper. So you started no, very quickly and did you, with the, the IPS, were you doing that with fashion photography or was that already equine? Okay. So that was for portraits for the fashion stuff. I didn't do IPS. Um, and okay. So how I got into fashion is kind of a cool story because I, I've been writing since I was five and like showing in 4-H and AQHA. Um, and my friend that I grew up riding with, she, we eventually kind of like, she moved away and then like, we didn't talk very much. Um, and she ended up becoming a model, like an actual professional model. And she was living in Seattle at the time, like when I got my first camera and we hadn't talked for like probably three or four years, maybe even longer. And I don't know what compelled me to reach out to her. Like, there's no reason that she should have even said yes, but she did. So I reached out to her and I was like, hey, do you want to, like, set up a shoot sometime? Like, I want to get into fashion photography. And she's like, oh, yeah. Like, she was so awesome. Um, like, we ended up shooting together and she got me connected with, like, a real fashion photographer in Seattle and um it was like basically like a whole mentorship for free i mean it was like crazy um so i learned so much from that and after that like little experience i was like okay yeah i need to do like i need to do this um and i live three hours from seattle but like from that first time of me meeting up with my friend and then shooting with her and then like after that i was in seattle like every weekend working with signed models because that's i mean that's really the only place you're gonna find them um and then i ended up getting like a few brand deals working with like smaller cl com clothing companies and also like a few bigger ones um and then after a while probably i know like it looking back it seems like oh it was so it was such a long time but in the moment it was probably only like three to six months that i did that but i just shot so much during that time period where it felt like forever anyway so maybe like six months passes and i decide that i am really missing horses 
And I'm like, and I wasn't showing at the time. I actually, I quit showing in 2012. Um, so it, it had been like, what? I can't do math. Like five years at yeah. that time um, since I had shown. And um, I, I was like, I really, I wonder if I could like make it a job to, or like a career to take pictures of horses. I didn't even know like if that was a thing. Isn't it um, funny how that thought, like, I thought the same thing. I was like, no, like I kind of had this like, uh, okay. So I did everything. Like all my mentor type stuff was with like wedding and boudoir type photographers. Cause there was really no like horse photographer near me who would, you know, like would be doing anything like that. And so I just thought like, oh, I'll like take pictures of horses while I learn how to be a wedding photographer, because that's the only place you can really make money in the industry is like wedding or fashion. And like, that was such that my mindset was just so stuck on like, oh, you can't make money as an equine photographer. It's like cute that I could maybe take some pictures of horses now. And now I'm like, dang, I can't believe you can make this much money being an equine photographer. Right. Yeah. It's so crazy. And, uh, I mean, we're lucky that we're able to do this. It's like the coolest thing ever. It's literally the best job in the whole world. Um, and I cannot see myself doing anything else because like even or to do like strictly fashion photography again yeah i really like it but i do not like taking pictures without horses or even like sometimes i do family pictures but that's only for like friends and i'm like can you at least include a dog or something because like what is everyone supposed to do with their hands when there's no animal in the picture like good god (laughs) yeah seriously um but yeah, so I think it was probably like about six months and I tra- made the transition. And that's when I was, I was doing like, I was still doing IPS. Um, but then after, I don't know, I didn't do it for, I didn't do IPS for that long. I, I don't want to like bash it too much because I did learn a lot of really good things with doing IPS, but it's just not my thing. Um, it's, I don't know. I'm glad that I did it though. Yeah. It was a good learning experience, but it's just not the model for you. And you've figured out something that works for you better now. Yeah, definitely. So when you made that switch from fashion to equine, were you just like, I'm not doing any more fashion and I am strictly doing equine photography now, or was it like a gradual transition? Like how did that all work? Oh, that's actually such a good question because yeah. So I, um, it was not gradual at all. Like I basically, anytime I do any sort of transition at all with my life in general, like it's, there's nothing gradual about it. I'm like black and white. So, um, once I made the decision, I'm like, okay, I'm done going to Seattle. I, I decided I hate it. I still hate it. (laughs) Um, but so yeah, I was just like, okay, I'm only, I'm strictly doing equine photography. And luckily since I had grown up showing, I had, I had and still have so many friends that were willing to model for me. Um, and so like when I was doing that, I was not thinking about like including horses with fashion at all. I was thinking it was just like strictly the connection and the bond and everything like that. It wasn't until probably um, maybe like two years ago where I was like, wait, why am I not doing fashion and horses together? Like, that's what I love the most. So I ended up just kind of like studying, setting up styled shoots to try to incorporate that. Um, I'm super lucky to have at least two, there might be more, but there's two like professional models that are my friends that have horses. So like, you cannot get anything better than that to practice. Yeah, that is like what an amazing like I feel like like younger Jenny didn't know it at the time, but like I I think I've only worked with like one or two professional models, but every time I look at like every time I would go on and look for advice on like how to, you know, pose people better, it's like work with professional models because they'll show you what to do, you know, like they're doing their own flow and stuff, and then you can incorporate that with regular people. So like what an amazing start for you to have that, you know as you're beginning working with professional models and like learning what looks good and what doesn't. Oh, definitely. And another thing to add to that, which 
I mean, I don't like, I feel like for me, it definitely um, plays a role, but it's kind of like hard to make sure that translates. But basically, so in, when I stopped showing, I went into bodybuilding and um, I think that like, okay, so I did bodybuilding and I, I mean, I did really well. I don't like to say like, oh yeah, I won every, I, I basically won every class that I went in. No big deal, but like kind of a big deal. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love it. Um, but it wasn't because I had, I mean, yeah, like I had a really good physique, but I was really, really good at posing. And, um, and that's like half of bodybuilding. Like you have to, you have to know how to pose to like make sure that your body looks the best yeah. way and to win. Um, so I was also a posing coach when I did um, bodybuilding and even after I quit, um, which I still, okay, I should say competitive bodybuilding because I haven't competed since, I don't know, like 2015. Um, but I'm still like, an, I consider myself a bodybuilder, just not competitive. Anyway, um, I think that that helped me so much with posing. And it's obviously like, I don't, my clients don't want to look muscular, <laughs> like, super jacked. You're like, okay, but, flex your bicep now. Yes, your right arm, and then put your left hand up on the horse. Right. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> but having that knowledge of like how to manipulate the body and like different shapes and stuff like that. And then also being able to like know how to tell people how to do that or to like demonstrate it is super helpful because if, you don't know how to like tell them to like okay like position or like to pivot one way or like to shift one way it's kind of it's just like harder if you don't have like that language already um but yeah i just think that that's something that has helped me just like naturally yeah oh my gosh i love that so much so i mean i was definitely never a bodybuilder or anything but i've been working out like consistently six days a week lifting weights for probably, I don't know, five or six years now, maybe a little bit more. So I feel like you and I are like soul sisters and I love, I love like the history and stuff. And it's so cool to see how all the different pieces of your life, like shaped you into this thing now, you know, like, I feel like so many people think like I'm the same exact way as you. Like when I'm making a change, like I literally didn't, was not talking about quitting my job, but one day, like I looked, I worked in like basically at an insurance company, looked at Excel spreadsheets and I'm sitting in my gray cubicle. Like it was straight like out of like office space. It was so depressing. And I like looked down at my heart rate and it's like 200 beats per minute. And I'm fairly healthy. So that's not normal for me just sitting there. And I was just like, I have to quit like this minute. And I literally got up and went and quit. Like I was just like, I'm done and didn't really know what I was going to do, but I'm the same. Like I'm just making a decision and I'm going for it like full force. But I think people don't realize how much like, you know, maybe their experience isn't exactly like yours, but there's so many things that you've learned already that you can put towards like starting your own business that you don't even maybe realize. Like, I'm sure you didn't think being a bodybuilding coach would help you be an equine photographer, but like, look, it did. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I love that so much. So what you do a lot of traveling. Like I see you're all over the place. We talked about you were in Hawaii recently, which makes me like super duper jealous. No big deal. But what's your favorite part about getting to be on the road and, you know, seeing and meeting equestrians all over the country? It's so hard to choose one favorite thing, but I think being able to broaden my friendships has been the best. Like if I didn't travel for work, I would have never made the friends that I have in Hawaii and Florida and Texas, like all over the place and also all over the world. Like I've been to um, Iceland and I shot with a few girls there, which was so cool. Oh, and I can't even imagine like how epic yeah. that must have been. Yeah, it was so cool. Although I definitely want to go back in the summer because the winter was a little rough. Like I already hate the cold. Um, and then going to Iceland in winter, I'm like, why are we doing this? Um, but I would have di- died. I, North Carolina winters are too cold for me. And it's like in the fifties for the most part. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't even imagine Iceland in the winter. I would pass out. Yeah. It was pretty cold, which it's like, it's not even the cold that is the worst. It's the wind. The wind just like 
it makes your face feel like it's going to fall off. Yeah, that sounds like a great time. I will enjoy your pictures of it and I will stay in the South. <laughs> yeah, good idea. Um, but yeah, I think that's my that's my number one favorite thing is just broadening my friendships and obviously like getting to meet a bunch of horse girls and horses is so much fun. It's like and I love being able to uh, keep in touch with them, like on social media, cheer them on at their shows or races or anything that they have going on. It's just so much fun. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is like, how do people make friends who aren't in this industry? Like literally the only reason I have friends is because of horses and photography. I can't yeah. imagine like if I didn't, I would have no friends. Same. I know. It's so funny because um, when we were in Hawaii, our friend came with us and I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to go hang out with my friend. He's like, you have a friend here? And I was like, well, yeah, it's easy for me to make friends with it when they have horses. Right. Like I could talk about, like, I could talk to anyone about horses. Like you have a horse, like, okay, we're instantly best friends. It's that simple. Yep. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So we talked about the good part about traveling. What is like the biggest struggle of being on the road a lot and traveling to photo shoots? Oh, definitely worrying about the weather or like having to rely on the weather. Um, thankfully I'm like, I'm confident to shoot in any kind of weather. Like I can, I can even shoot in, I'll shoot in the rain and the snow wind up to like probably like up to 20 miles an hour. I, that's, I don't like doing that, but I could do it. Um, any higher than that, probably me. <laughs> like I have no choice, but to reschedule. Um, but yeah, it also just depends on my clients too. Like I'm not going to make them shoot in the rain or in the wind if they don't want to. So relying on the weather can be extremely stressful, especially if I go to places where, it's not always predictable or like the forecast doesn't even like the forecast on Google or whatever, doesn't really portray what is actually happening. Like Florida, for example, mm -hmm. it, it's going to be raining like all day, every day, but is it? No, it's like raining. Like, I don't know, for like 10 minutes mm -hmm. and then, or sometimes it actually is raining for a lot. I don't know. It, yeah. Who knows? Nobody's going to it's so hard. I think that's like the, definitely my, I don't travel a ton, but that's definitely my least favorite. Even shoots that are like close by me that are easy to reschedule, like checking the forecast, like three or four days out and seeing storms on it. And then like having to go back and forth, like making the call, like, Oh, are we going to reschedule? And then it's like, every time I do reschedule, we end up having a beautiful sunset. And if I don't reschedule and it's like a 20% chance of rain, of course that turns into like a hundred percent chance. So it's like, it, that is that's a struggle for sure yep i hate it so much but always end up making it work somehow i know I, it's funny because like just talking about it is like low-key giving me anxiety <laughs> talking about I, the what same like my heart is beating so fast right now i'm like okay maybe we should stop talking about this <laughs> oh my god literally i have that like pit in my stomach and i'm like picturing myself like refreshing like the weather app and being like oh my god like what do we do like i hate that feeling of like you're the one that has to be in control but also like you're so out of control because like i cannot predict the weather i mean the weathermen can't even predict the weather they're wrong like 90 percent of the time no hate mm -hmm. to weathermen if they're listening to this but that is like such a struggle so Okay. So let's say you are traveling somewhere. Like how do you manage that rescheduling with weather issues when you're traveling all over the place? Like if you're flying to Florida, which is across the country from you, like what's your plan there? Okay. So it really depends on the situation, but I'll give you a few examples. We can start with the Florida one. Um, and I've, I've been there several times and it really depends on like the time of year that you go. Like there's some times that are safer than others. But, um, so if like one example that happened recently was I was there in April and I was already there because it was a personal trip combined with a travel trip or a work trip, which I always try to do. Like if my husband can go with me, then we kind of like make some fun out of it as well. Um, and we, so we had Florida scheduled and then we were going to the Bahamas right after. 
So like, even if I knew in advance that the weather wasn't going to be good, it wouldn't have been something that we could have just easily rescheduled anyway. So um, basically the weather ended up not being in our favor. It was just raining all day for like two to three days straight. Um, so we couldn't like switch to sunrise sessions or like even really move days. Um, especially cause I was on a time crunch cause I had to go to the Bahamas right after, like I probably could have stayed, but that would have just also been a nightmare. Cause like, what if the weather didn't end up being fine? And I was just like chilling in Florida waiting while <laughs> the Bahamas without me. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so in that situation, since it was also a personal trip, we just finished out with our like our fun activities that we had planned. And then I just scheduled another trip out in the, it, I was actually just there. Um, and it ended up working out really great. And I was able to book like even more clients when I was there. So it like even out, um, it's just a little tricky. Cause it's like, if my client pays for my travel, then like they, they don't pay for it twice. Like, obviously yeah. it's not on them. It's also not on me, but it, as the business note owner that I'm going to take the hit on that. Um, so yeah, that one wasn't as fun. And if it wasn't a personal trip and like the, I could have seen the weather forecast a little bit further out, um, then I would have just rescheduled everything. Like, cause, uh, whenever I book things, I make sure that my, like my flight, my hotel, or I, I don't ever stay in hotels really. I always do Airbnbs. Um, but like I make sure everything is refundable. So that way it doesn't like negative affect or negatively affect any of my finances. Um, but then some other examples, I go to Oregon a lot, which is, it's usually like a five to seven hour drive, depending on where in Oregon I'm going. Um, I go there at least three times a year. So if somebody like on my first trip, like there's going to be rain on that day. I either like bump them to the end of the, like onto a different day if I'm able to add on another day, or I just move them to my next trip, um, which is normally pretty easy uh, until it gets like toward the, towards the end of the year where I have like, I'm actually dealing with this right now where my, I have my last trip to Oregon planned but there's somebody that needs to be rescheduled and she can't do that last trip. And I'm like, okay, like giving her options, like, okay, if you want to move it on or like to next year, we could do that. Or like if I'm able, cause I won't travel anywhere unless I can get at least three clients um, in the area. So like if they end up having more people in their barn that would want to book, then I can just do a whole other trip um, separately than my one that I was supposed to be pl have planned last, but I don't know. It just, it does get a little, a little tricky, but it ends up working out in the end somehow. I think that's one thing I wish I would have known. Like when I first started my business is that it does all work out in the end always. And like now I've experienced like the shit storm enough times, you know, where it's like, oh my God, like this person had to reschedule. This person had to cancel. Like, you know, that feeling when it's like a bunch of like bad news coming in and you're like, oh, this is the end of it. Like I, you know, the weather's on, you know, whatever the weather's doing its thing. This horse has rain rot all over it. So I can't shoot it. You know, like there's always like that time whenever everything goes down, but it like, it just always works itself out. And like now when yeah. I think once you've gone through it enough cycles, like you just know, like, Oh, this is a time where it sucks. And I know it's all going to work itself out and like come back and be even better. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah, in the beginning, because you don't have that experience, it's so hard to like not freak out about it. <laughs> I mean, I still kind of freak out a little bit, but not nearly as bad. It's just like, it's just, it gets discouraging where it, it always seems like reschedules happen all like it within a little period of time. And then you can go for a long time where it's like, oh, everything's going really smooth. And then there's another phase of like reschedules and then just like a bunch of crazy stuff happening. So, yeah, but it, it is, but nobody really talks about that. So hopefully somebody's like listening to this in the early part and then is like their mind is put at ease because there were so many times when I was like 
you know, it would happen all in a row where like a horse would get really hurt and something would happen in the weather and it would just be like, oh, well, this is the end. This is the end of it. But it's like, that's just the nature of having your own business, especially one that relies on the weather and animals who live to try and kill themselves. Like there's just no like predicting horses and weather. So it's totally normal to like go through those cycles and it all, I mean, at least it's always like come back and been even better. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. So let's talk about like when you're, you know, you're on the road a lot, you're traveling, like, do you outsource anything or are you just handling everything on your own, even when you're, you know, on long trips and gone for a while? Um, yeah, so I outsource my black background clipping. I use retouch up for that. Um, and okay. So they're kind of, they're hit and miss sometimes. I don't know. Do you use them too? Um, no, I have, I've gone through periods where I use them, but I am like, so anal and OCD that it's never good enough for me. So sometimes I'll have like, I don't know, 10 black background sessions to edit. And I'm like, Cassie, like you physically cannot do this in the time period of which you have to return these images. So you need to use retouch up. So I'll send them all my images and spend whatever, like a hundred dollars on them to cut all the images out. And then I get them back and I don't use a single one of them. So I have learned, like, it's just not worth it for me because I never, I'm not like I've seen other people like use it plenty of times and I have used it myself and had images that were fine and I even have like a free YouTube video out where I use retouch up to do it but it's a little like everyone has been like a miss for me in like the last two years so now I just do my black backgrounds all by myself because it's it just ends up more frustrating for me, but I still like, I recommend it to people like who I am over the top. Like I'm obnoxious. It's annoying. I bother myself with how I'm like, nobody would ever notice that that leg is like one hundredth of a centimeter too thin because retouch up, cut it up too close. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. So with, I, so retouch up has, like I said, it's hit and miss, um, for you, apparently it's a miss all the time. <laughs> uh something that i it's like kind of annoying but it still speeds up my process so much so i just have to go in and like kind of erase a lot of the stuff that they've done but it's still like even with having to do that it still makes it so much easier and like less time consuming for me um which i mean yeah like i don't know at least it's at least a little bit helpful um, I wish that there was like, I'm sure there's other photographers, like, um, I, I know there's the equine photography group, or maybe it's like the, I don't know, whatever it is, something on Facebook where, um, there are like editors in there and they do black background, like they do the, like the whole edit of the black mm -hmm. background. Um, which like, maybe if I'm like so busy to the point where I, um, can't do the fixing for the retouch up. Um, then I could, I would consider doing that. But even then it's like, I don't know if I, I'd rather outsource other things, um, the, besides editing before I do that, because kind of like you, I am really particular. Um, so I wouldn't, I would hate to like have like pay even more money because with retouch yeah. like a dollar 50 for each photo. Um, but obviously if somebody's doing the full photo, it, it would be more. And then I would hate to pay that and then have to still fix it. Yeah. So that would be uh, a tragedy. I will yeah. say like I've used Fiverr a few times for cutting out images and it was significantly cheaper. Like it was like 20 cents an image. Like I actually don't even know how they did it so cheap. And it, I actually had better luck with Fiverr than I did with retouch up. Um, I think I've only sent out like two things to retouch up and I mean, sorry to Fiverr people. And I was like, oh, this is way better than retouch up. So I will say like, if you are wanting to outsource, maybe look into Fiverr and then you can have the same person every time. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm still salty about retouch up. Oh yeah. Okay. So instead of doing like editing or outsourcing editing, I think you, I would prefer. Okay. So something that I've been wanting to do is outsource like somebody to clean my house. I do. Um, it's because that's still considered worth outsourcing. Like that's still something that I have to do. Um, and it's life changing. You need yeah. To do it immediately. And it's way. I think people think it's going to be really expensive, but it's really not. I think we pay like 
$140 for like three people to come and clean our entire house. And it takes them like two hours and I get to like be working or living my life. And I'm the same way as you. Like I would so much, I absolutely hate cleaning. So I would way rather go and outsource that. Yeah. So yeah. I actually, I actually like cleaning. Um, it's just like time consuming and I don't really have that time. And also we actually have an Airbnb. Um, we run it out of our house. It's just a single bedroom in a bathroom. Um, so we have definitely tried to find cleaners. We just cannot find a reliable one, uh, which is really like, we don't live in like a super big city. So we have very limited options. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully eventually we can find somebody, but anyway, then another thing that I, that I do outsource is my accounting, which I feel like that's a no brainer. Like anybody who does their own accounting is goofy because it's so unnecessary. Like I do my own bookkeeping because I I do enjoy doing that, but then I just send everything to my CPA and he does everything. Like, I don't even know. There's no way that I could do it. I just, I don't have any desire. And yeah, so that's what I mainly what I outsource. Um, and then I, like I'm lucky to have my husband do a lot. Like anytime we have a, I have a trip planned, even if he's not going, he'll plan it for me. So that's nice. Um, and yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah. That's awesome. I I'm with you. I have a hard time. Like I've tried to outsource, um, I think it's called like freedom edits and there's like membership like plans basically where you, Set, like you set up a call with them and go over a bunch of shoots you've already done and like send them like your Lightroom presets and stuff. I like, I almost feel like it would be easier to outsource just like horse and rider portraits, like natural light stuff than black backgrounds. Cause black backgrounds are such like personal style in them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I don't know. I want to outsource more, but I also am very like type a and think that if it should be done right, I have to do it. So I, that's not something I'm good at, but yeah, I definitely outsource the accounting and house cleaning. And I guess that's the limit of my outsourcing, but I would love to outsource so much more. Yeah. That's the plan. Yeah. I think, I don't know, maybe in the future I would outsource the other editing, but I enjoy doing that. Like it's not something that I think if, um, you don't enjoy it or you don't have the time for it, just outsource it because, um, obviously that will help you out in the long run. But I really enjoy editing, so I don't know if I would outsource it unless it got to the point where I was just too overwhelmed to get everything done in the time period that I like getting them done. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, Let's talk a little bit, like pivot. What do you do when you feel like you're in a creative rut or you're just feeling uninspired in your work? I'm assuming you've been through something like that, hopefully. I've actually, that's only happened to me once and it was earlier. It was this spring. We had the worst weather ever in Washington and like basically the whole Pacific Northwest. It was just like, and I live in Eastern Washington, so it rarely rains here. It's normally like good weather year round. I mean, the winter kind of sucks. It gets really cold and there's typically a decent amount of snow, Um, but I don't really shoot in the winter anyway, so I don't care. (laughs) But uh, the spring, that's like, you know, like the beginning of when I'm going to start shooting for the year. And it was just such bad weather. It was raining all the time. I had to reschedule so many sessions. I don't really like shooting when it's cloudy, but since I had to reschedule so many people because of the rain, I had to stick with cloudy days. And that left me feeling like pretty discouraged, uninspired. And I was like thinking, I was like, if there's any time that I was going to quit, it's now like, I want to be done. Like, I just am so I could, I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I was just so burnt out and tired and I hated it. Um, but when that happens, I, okay. So it's like, I do one thing, but also don't do that one thing. Okay. Basically I, I schedule a lot of styled shoots throughout the year just to have them because I enjoy doing them. 
But if I'm feeling burnt out, I just cancel all of those. And I only do like my paying clients and I don't overwork myself and I don't try to like do extra things. Um, but then at the same time, it's like, it's good to have those styled shoots because I'm able to like do a shoot just for myself. Like I, I have the full creative, full creative, wait, what is that word? Control. Yes, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I don't know. So it's like kind of, it's, it's hard to navigate, but I think since I do have a lot of those styled shoots set up already, it makes it so I don't really get burnt out. It's just like, I am able to do my own thing and not have to worry about like what the client wants. And cause I feel like that's how a lot of people get burnt out. They're just like doing the same thing for every person and like, or doing too much. I don't know. I like doing a lot though. I like being busy. I like having my calendar like as full as possible because in the winter, I barely do anything like we travel for like, we travel a little bit in the winter, but it's not normally to be shooting. I like a lot of times, like I send in my computers and my cameras to get service during that time. And that can take from like anywhere for like, a, from a couple of weeks to like a month and a half sometimes to get done. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's probably good, honestly, that you have those times, though, of, like, complete shutdown and just, like, you don't even, you don't have your computer and you don't have your camera. And it's, like, then you start to miss it when you just, like, can't do it, you know? Like, it's, I don't know, that whole feeling of, like, you know, when something's away, it's, like, oh, the grass is always greener. You're, like, oh, I'm dying to do 12 shoots this week. But then in a week when you're doing 12 shoots, you're, like, oh, my God, I just want to have a week where I'm doing nothing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really bad about doing styled shoots and I need to like get better about that because it can be draining when you're doing, you know, I mean, I love getting to take pictures for my clients. So I'm not saying anything bad about that because like what an amazing job, but there are those like weeks or month periods where it's all like really an ideal shoots. Like, you know, maybe it's really naughty horses or people that are just, you know, styled very differently than like your personal taste and how you would want your you know portraits to look and that's amazing because it's their pictures and they can dress however they want for it but it is like I think that's a really I think I'm going to start implementing that like just having at least like a styled shoot set up every few months that's like just for me to like refuel my creativity because I definitely I get burnt out quite a bit but I I like try and go through like in cycles. So like in the spring and the fall, I do a ton of portrait sessions throughout the summer. I mostly do show photo shoot, like show photography because it's too hot here to do like portrait sessions. And then in the winter, like I go to Florida quite a bit for shows, but I, I think I'm going to try your tactic of <laughs> doing style shoots and sending my equipment off and just like committing to a time when I'm just not going to do anything. Cause I'm terrible about being like, Oh, I'm going to take two weeks off. And then I book like 12 things. And I'm like, well, that was stupid. I told, I just, I literally will write it in my calendar like, in all capitals, do not schedule anything. And then I get an email and I'm like, hmm, I'll schedule one thing. And then now it's, then it just like spirals from there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally do that exact same thing, especially cause like there's, uh, every once in a while, there's like the last minute shoot, which I don't normally like doing. I like to have at least a month where we can like get everything planned out and not have to rush anything. Um, but sometimes people just like have deadlines that they didn't realize were coming up so quick. And they're like, we need photos like tomorrow. Yeah. And, uh, I'm like, well, I have the day open, so I wasn't supposed to book anything like it. It's a blackout day, but we can change that. (laughs) (laughs) Always. Like it's both the best and the worst thing to have complete control over your schedule and workload. Like I, I always say like, I am the worst boss to myself because I'm always like, no matter how much I'm working, I'm like work more, work harder, book (laughs) one more thing. Like I am the world's worst boss to me. (laughs) It's a struggle. All right. So what advice do you have for somebody that's wanting to start traveling for photo shoots, but they also feel sort of like stuck inside the geographic area that they're at? Like, how do you start booking clients that are maybe across the country or in like a dream destination that you just want to go to? Uh, Okay. So this is my favorite topic because I, so for me, 
since my husband and I already like traveling and we do it for fun, like we've been traveling together basically since we met um, and we met before I got into photography. So that was just like an already normal thing. Um, but it's once I got into photography and I was like, okay, like, I mean, I like when my husband's name is Zach and anytime he, we go anywhere, he likes to like swim, like go swimming with sharks or like that. He's obsessed with sharks. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I would pass that. Like, oh, shark boy. There's no way. Like if I'm at a photo shoot and my husband's swimming with sharks the whole time, I'd be like panicking. <laughs> <laughs> well I've done it too um and it's not like the sharks that I'm worried about at all you just have to kind of like know them and know their mannerisms and everything and just like be aware but what I hate is the water I hate boats I hate being in the ocean like I just hate that feeling um so anyway while he's out like doing his stuff I am always setting up a shoot so and that will be a free shoot it's I call them style shoots or like model shoots whatever you want to call them um but uh I just find somebody in the area that I that we're already traveling to and like I just reach out to them and say like hey I'm going to be in the area I'd love to set up a shoot with you um are you kind of like them like on Instagram or something like that on social media. Yes. Yeah. So I'll tell you how I find all there's like a bunch of different ways. I love this. Um, but so, okay. So the, most of it is on Instagram and how I like start, if I'm going to a place that I've never been before and I don't know like anything about it. So like, for example, North Carolina, where you live, I have never been there. I don't know anything about really? it. So I would Google first, I would just Google like horse trainers, like around the city that we're going to be traveling to. Um, and then like, see if I can find them on Instagram and then see if they have any clients that I would like be interested in working with. Um, and then from there, I would go to like board the Google boarding facilities or like show venues in the area. And then I would like look up the specific Instagram location tag and kind of see like who have posted pictures there. Um, and then like, I also use Facebook too, but I mostly find people on Instagram first and then look them up on Facebook to see like if they actually live in that area. Cause obviously if it's a show venue, they might not live there. They're just going to a show there. Um, but yeah. So then, then another thing that I would do is like, I can look up other photographers in the area see who they have shot with but of course instead of shooting with the same people i would just look up friends of the people that they've shot with um because something that i really like i'm really careful with is i don't want to go to a certain area and like steal another person's client i know we don't own clients but uh i would feel kind of like just like a little annoyed or like a little hurt if somebody from like California was visiting and then they went and shot with like a client that I've done like four sessions with. And it's like, Oh, like, I mean, I know it's fine. Like I don't own them and they can make their own decisions and say yes or no. But it's like, okay, like what if they were going to plan another shoot with me? Like if they've already done four, they're probably going to do a fifth. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, so I always try to like, I've even reached out to photographers and been like, Hey, I noticed you shot with this girl before. Um, like, are, do you, do you shoot with them often? Like, I know it's, it's, I've seen it or I saw that it's been like a couple of years since you've shot with them. Would you mind if I set up a shoot with them? Cause they have like this style that I really like, or this horse that I think is super pretty. Um, and they either say yes, or I've had photographers say like, Oh, I like, I, I appreciate you asking but I don't really feel comfortable with that. Instead, you could shoot with this girl and like, they'll send me another person as a recommendation, um, which I've actually made a really good friend out of doing that. Um, Nicole Schultz, she, I was going to Florida. I think it was like my first time going to Florida and I reached out to her. I was like, Hey, like, uh, can I shoot with like this girl or like, do, actually, I think I just said like, do you have any recommendations? And she sent me the pro this profile of this girl 
And uh, we ended up like becoming pretty good friends. And I've shot with her three times now. And she moved to Texas now. But um, yeah, so it like that worked out really well. But anyway, um, that's just like something that I um, want to really want to stress because I don't want, I know like there's been other photographers where they talk about like setting up styled shoots as a bad thing, like a negative thing, because you're just doing work for free, which I mean, I don't know. I see, I do, I definitely see both sides. Um, but from my perspective, it's just, I think it's a really good marketing tactic to get your name into like a completely different area. Oh yeah. I am the first person to say do a ton of free photo shoots. And I, I remember when I first started, I posted in a local like Charlotte equestrians Facebook group. Like I posted a few of the pictures I'd taken and this is actually how I booked my first paying clients too and started basically my whole business. I was like, Hey, I'm looking to grow my portfolio. I'm looking for, and I said like really specific things I wanted for style shoots and an old school photographer who's been, I think a photographer since before I was even born was like, it's horrible that you're, you're ruining our industry by doing free photo shoots. Like you're, you know, you're putting down the whole industry by doing this. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't just go out there and charge people. And even now that I know what I'm doing, like you said, it's really great marketing. And anyone who's like, oh, doing free photo shoots is just stupid. Like they're looking at like such a small piece of it because you don't know what happens when that one person that you did a free shoot for posts the pictures that you took that are probably epic because it was a styled shoot and, you know, you plan everything out and it's going to be, you know, very styled shoot is going to be very styled. Like the amount of clients you can get from just doing one free photo shoot, like that's like basically free marketing. So what instead you could be putting, you know, money into Facebook ads that aren't going to work anyway. So yeah, I'm hundred percent with you free shoots all the way. But be, I, I think I did a podcast episode about this or maybe a post like being really intentional with it. So like, that's something I kind of want to ask you about, like when you're looking for these people, like, is it super specific for you? You're like, Oh, I know I want to work with whatever a gypsy banner this time. Or I know I want to work with like a person that has this look to them. Or are you just kind of looking for like a person in that area? Yeah, that's a good question because so when I first started traveling and like wanting to set up shoots in the area, I took anybody that I could find because I just didn't really, I I felt like I couldn't be picky because I just didn't really know a lot of people. And now, and I also was like still in the beginning phases of my business. Um, but now I'm extremely strategic with it. Like I, and I'm also to the point where like if I reach out to somebody and I mean, this might sound a little like mean, but if I reach out to somebody and they don't seem excited to do the photos, I will end it. I'm like, I, I'm not going to do this free shoot and have it be a bad time for me. And like, I'm, I'm, it's just not worth it to me. Even if they're like, like Instagram famous or like seem like they are like a good model or like have a really pretty horse. Like if they're not excited for the shoot, I will not continue with it. Oh, I think this is a topic that I didn't even think about, but like going to a photo shoot, a free shoot, a style shoot, whatever, when the person seemed almost like they were doing you a favor is never a good idea. Like you're going to feel that energy. You're not going to do your best work. You're not going to be excited about the pictures. They're obviously not excited. So it's like, in that sense, that is a waste of your time. And like, I don't ever want to go to a shoot where like, I'm not being paid. And I feel like they're annoyed that I'm there. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. Well, and part of it is like, you want them to post the pictures too, because that's how you get more people in that specific area to see your work is when they post your pictures. So if they're not even excited to be taking the pictures, they're not going to post them. Like, and then it's just kind of not going to be really worth it. And I, yeah, so I, I just don't waste my time with that. So another thing that... I like kind of keep in mind when I'm looking for models is if they already have a lot of professional photos taken, 
that can either be a good thing or a bad thing because like if depending okay so if they've shot with a lot of other photographers i consider that a good thing because then they're going to be like pretty good models they're going to share the photos most likely and it will usually be a good time because they seem to like being in front of the camera um but then again if they have a lot of professional photos by the same photographer i won't contact them because it kind of goes back to like client poaching or like stealing another photographer's client um even though i don't really want to call it that because i just want to make sure like i like it's clear that the client makes their own decision but if you're like a really good photographer and you come to them with a free photo shoot they're not gonna say no they're not gonna yeah. be like oh yeah i gotta be loyal to my other photographer that i always hire they're gonna say yes um so i i just don't want to step on other photographers toes and i just want to make sure that's clear um but if they don't have any professional photos posted that could also either be a good thing or a bad thing because uh, like a good thing as in like okay then maybe they will be really excited for this shoot and finally get professional photos like maybe that's something they couldn't afford um but they fit like the specific thing that i'm looking for like if they have the specific type of horse that i've been wanting to shoot with or they have a lot of followers or they're um have like sponsorships or stuff like that um then that could be a good thing but it could also be a bad thing because there's a possibility that they just don't value professional photos um so i don't know that's just something that you kind of have to feel out and decide on your own but something to consider for sure yeah no i think that those are really good points because i've definitely done free shoots where the person was like ecstatic and had their horse completely cleaned up they had their hair and makeup done and were pumped about the shoot and couldn't wait to post the pictures and were grateful and i've also done free shoots where they didn't post any of the pictures i got there and the horse was like half-assed cleaned up like they didn't really care about the pictures so i think it's you know i mean i think you can now i'd say i i mean i don't do a ton of that anymore because i'm really bad about doing style shoots but now looking back at it there were so many like red flags like hey this person doesn't seem excited like they're not responding quickly they'll leave a message on red you know they're not like they just don't seem pumped like you're better off like just how do you like cut ties with somebody there like so like let's say you reach out to someone in the area and they're like oh yeah we can do it but they don't seem excited like do you just then stop communicating with them like you just kind of ghost them or what <laughs> Oh no, I could never ghost anybody. <laughs> I get ghosted a decent amount, um, but I don't take it personal because I completely understand. Like I'm, I'm not necessarily, I mean, I guess maybe I am, but I wouldn't consider myself a very like confrontational person, but I would also hate to ghost somebody. Like I literally cannot. Like normally when I get a text, I respond right away. I've always thought like, dang, like, do people think I'm weird because I respond like within a second of them saying something? <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, when, if I'm just like not getting good vibes, I will just tell them like, Hey, um, it seems like they're like something along, along the lines of this, like, Hey, it seems like they're, uh, like might not be like, this might not work out. Um, I just want to make sure like, do you, or, uh, okay. Maybe uh, let me think. Cause I think, it's probably very dependent on like assume. yeah instead i ask a question and be like hey are you for sure interested in doing this if you don't have the time for it i completely understand um because i feel like that's most of the time what happens is they're just really busy and they can't make the time to like prioritize it um or if they just seem like they just really don't care um i'll still just assume it's like a time thing because i don't want to obviously don't want to be rude, don't want to hurt their feelings, don't want to assume anything. Um, so I just kind of ask them, like, how, how are things going? Like, are you actually really wanting to do this? Or is this just something that is not a priority for you? Um, and that will either, like, make them be honest with me and tell them, like, hey, yeah, I just, yeah, I can't do this right now. Like, let's do a rain check and maybe next time you're in the area. Or that'll make them change their like their behavior and like actually respond to me in time or uh, like answer all the questions that I ask them. Cause I mean, there's, 
Another thing that is, I think, really important with setting up styled shoots is to have complete control because you're not going to do a free shoot and let the client or the model have complete control because then they should be paying you for that. Like you just need to have complete control um, unless it's something, I don't know. That's a personal thing, I guess. Cause I mean, maybe you want to just do a free shoot for somebody and have them like pick their own outfits and stuff. But I'm very particular. Like I will even bring outfits for the person to wear. I've been doing this for like several years and I, there's things that I never thought of doing that you just like introduced to me. So you're going to help a ton <laughs> awesome. of people. So thank you so much. I love to end the show with rapid fire questions, like as short of an answer as possible. I always say like one word, one sentence at the most, most people fail at it, but it's fine. <laughs> I love you all. Anyways, are you ready for the rapid fire questions? I'm ready. Okay. Number one, your favorite photo shoot you've ever done. Okay. I can't talk about it yet. The magazine will be out in October. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, so watch for my social media then to find out. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Your second favorite shoot ever. If you have a second favorite. Oh God. Okay. Um, <laughs> dang it. That was like a good, that was an easy answer for me. <laughs> I know, but I'm not going to let you off the hook easy. You should know that by now. Shoot. Oh my gosh. I don't know if I can. Okay. I think I'm just going to choose. Wait, like a recent ish one. Like let's say like from this year, like maybe your favorite shoot of this year. Mm. Unless I made it harder. That is so hard. Okay. I'm going to say this one, but it's like definitely a top favorite, but I don't know if it's like number two, because it's so hard for me to rank them. Like when you see the one in October, in October, you're going to be like, Oh, okay. Like that was easily. I'm going to like scroll social media and just see a picture, not even see like your Instagram name would be like, Oh, this is the one that Jenny was talking about. This is yeah. the shoot. The, yeah, <laughs> Damn it, now I want to know so bad. <laughs> I can't wait. I can tell you off there if you want. Okay. Um, okay. So I would say the, I don't know if you saw it, but it was, um, okay. So Rachel, this is so much longer than a, you know, like a one word answer, but Rachel Riley came out to do my photos and we set up a styled shoot while she was here. Um, and we had, we went to the Sandunes, which I love shooting at the Sandunes. Um, it's my, my favorite place, which like the Sandunes in Washington, there's a few of them and they're cool. But the one in California is like my favorite ever, uh, Pismo beach. Um, but anyway, so we set up the style shoot with Rachel and the model drove four hours or like four and a half hours to model for us. She had the best horse ever. He was so pretty, so well behaved. She was such a good model, took so like she was so good at taking direction. Um, Rachel did all the styling because I wanted to like, she's always been wanting to shoot at the sand dunes. So I was like, oh yeah, I'll help you like put the shoot together and you can just style it however you want. Um, she did such a good job with the styling. Um, so yeah, that one was so much fun. And I guess I can say that is my number two favorite for now. <laughs> I could like feel it though. Like, you know, that moment when like the person is really photogenic and knows what to do and the horse is standing perfectly square with their ears forward the whole time. And you're just like, yes, this is why I do it. <laughs> Yeah, it was amazing. And like the best weather too. It was so nice and sunny and not like overbearingly hot. It wasn't windy, which is surprising because it's literally always windy at the dunes when I try to set up shoots there. Um, and I usually just go with it. I'm like, well, I'm not, I don't want, I don't have time to reschedule. So we'll just shoot in the wind, um, which like at the dunes, you can get away with anywhere else like the dunes and the beach you can get away with wind anywhere like else you like expect it like, yeah expect to see like windblown hair at the beach but like in a forest like with like trees all in the background like it looks weird right yeah exactly <laughs> okay um your favorite coat color for a horse uh it changes every day but today i'll say blue roan Okay. I respect that. They're beautiful. Um, spring or fall sessions? Spring. English or Western shoots? English. Really? I don't know why yeah. I thought for sure you were going to say Western. Yeah. I mean, I love both, but if I had to choose yeah. one 
today. <laughs> <laughs> Sunrise or sunset shoots? Sunset. Perfect. Um, buy the new lens or buy the new camera? Lens. Oh, you're the first, I think you might be the first person that's just like committed to an answer. Everyone's always like, I don't know, it's so tough. And I'm like, it is. I'm not saying it's not, but that was like, I'm really impressed that you just said lens. That was amazing. <laughs> that made up for question one. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, my like 10 paragraph answer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, Jenny. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Before we like hang up this call, um, why don't you say your Instagram handles so everyone can go and see your October picture that's going to be so yeah. epic. <laughs> uh yeah it's jenny joe photo j-e-n-i-j-o photo and that's the same for my website jennyjoephoto.com my tiktok my facebook everything you're an easy lady to find yep awesome well thank you so much for joining us today that was absolutely amazing thank you so much for having me i had so much fun yay me too do you find yourself feeling completely overwhelmed every time you take out your camera to try and capture the magic you see all over social media? Do you struggle to get that beautiful golden hour glow in the pictures you're taking and spend hours trying to edit all to no avail? Does your mind totally blank out when you're at a photo shoot trying to pose someone? Or do you panic at the sheer thought of having to spend an hour and a half directing a client through a session? If any of these sound like you, keep listening. I can help. I created the Equine Photography Academy to be the resource to help equine photographers all the way from their day one to making their first six-figure year. Equine Photography Masterclass is here to give you the kind of rock-solid foundation in equine photography that will have you charging for your very first shoot or increasing your current prices so you can finally start making the money you want in your photography business. The doors are opening for the first time in a long time to the Equine Photography Masterclass on August 15th, but will close back up on the 19th. There is an exciting new live coaching program with industry experts who are ready to teach you the skills you need to make it all the way to the top. Don't want to miss out on this transformative masterclass? Go to theequinephotographyacademy.com to add your name on the waitlist. I can't wait to see you inside making all your dreams a reality.